Besties, you're listening to the Spill Thoughts with LLRU podcast. Hey, besties, you are listening to the Spill Thoughts with LLRU podcast, and I'm your host. So, today we're talking about this very famous concept that most people know that's there but they choose to ignore it because it's society what can you really do right i guess this is one of these episodes where i'm like our society is very shitty and we should change it but we still do nothing about it because you know but whatever so the concept is intelligent but poor stupid but rich um when i say stupid but rich i don't actually i'm not actually calling rich people stupid i'm just saying that for some of them, keyword, some, they don't try as hard. They don't try hard. Basically, that's what I'm saying. They, they, it, they're they living life easy. They're, they're living life on easy mode. That's basically what I'm saying, right? And depictions of what I previously said can seem throughout all forms of content and entertainment that we consume on the regular, like shows like Elite, gossip girl you know those shows where it basically revolves around you having money from basically like family wealth but you're not doing anything for yourself because you have that wealth you have that to rely on so you don't feel the need to build a name for yourself make your own money or have something for yourself in life if that makes any kind of sense at all Right. Um, see, I feel like you have like these two different um, concepts, I guess, when it comes to rich people, mostly in like the teenage spectrum, I guess. Right. Because that is when you have like all of the school in like the forms of education, like college and high school and stuff. And that's when you essentially like have to build so you can be something when you're older, you know. So, on this, on like one side of the spectrum, you have the ones that uphold their image at all costs. They'll do anything to seem as if everything's perfect. So, like perfect house, perfect jobs, perfect faces, um, looks. Faces look same thing, right? Not really, but you know what I mean by that. Um, education, accessories. So, like, they're pressured in a sense to uphold all like high standards to like, get um really good grades play sports buy the best things wear the on like have the best fashion sense and all of that and then you have on the other side of the spectrum they're like okay my family is already well established i don't have to do anything you know i, I don't have to take anything seriously i don't have to get all a's i don't you know, I, I'll just live my life, you know, party all day, eat what I want, sleep, do nothing, like work for nothing, because my family is already established, I don't have to do shit, you know, that's kind of mentality, like, um, my, what, what's my parents' is mine kind of mentality, that's 
what they have, right? I really respecting rights so much. <laughs> and then, like, in media, you can see, like, basically, like, this is basically in, like, the teenage kind of spectrum. So, they go to school, they're wearing the most expensive stuff, Chanel, Gucci, whatever, right? They drive expensive cars, Rolls Royce, whatever, and then they go to class, and they don't try they don't it's not that they're stupid it's just that they don't try and then people just classify them as just like entitled well they can be entitled because like they get bratty and whatever and it's like all about that basically it's all about like the the, all right they're living the life they're living the life that many people have shed tears and sweat and blood and everything for and they just have it like like that like oh hi dad i want i want a gucci purse boom they have it you know it's that kind of mentality thing that is shown and then we all remember like the olivia jade scandal when her parents paid like five hundred thousand dollars or something for her to get into an elite what you would classify it as, I guess, a quote-unquote elite college. And they uh, did this by basically saying that she was on the rowing team. So, like, they bribed their way into college. And she's been, like, seen on her YouTube videos saying that she doesn't really care about school or whatever like that. But she's there for the experience, like, the parties and the game, whatever, you know. So there is a video by um a by a woman on YouTube called Amanda Mariana which is A M A N D A M A R Y A N N A and the video is basically titled why are rich people obsessed with getting into elite colleges even though it doesn't really economically benefit them more but it does for because you know they're kind of already established they're just putting way more money into colleges pockets than like the than like the poor because the poor go there they don't really have anything that and they get into these schools these ivy league schools right and then they come out you know successful but they're all but like for the rich ones they're pretty much they already have the money and the connections and the wealth and all of that so what is there to really benefit them because if they're if they're heiresses and heirs to big corporations and they're uh, um, going to inherit companies what do they need college for you know so that's why I feel like some of them don't try as hard in school because they already have big corporations and stuff waiting for them once they're old enough to take over you know so but in the sense that like the poor they have to build up what they have you know, like they build their wealth. They don't inherit it; they build it. And then in p- in spaces like okay, let's look at suit 
for, um, I guess, reference. Let's look at Stu. If you don't know what Stu is, it's basically a show about a bunch of lawyers to give you a watered-down explanation. So there's this dude called Mike. He's really smart. He has, like, photogenic memory, and he can read something once and, like, memorize everything word for word. But the thing is, he want he wants to get into this law firm, but he doesn't have a college degree. Even though he's passed the bar exam many times, because it actually found out that he's been taking people's bar exams, like they pay him to take bar exams, and of course they pass it, right? And so he's got all the knowledge, basically, on being a lawyer. He just needs the experience. So now he's he basically faked being at Harvard and I mean he already knows the information it's just that he needs the experience so that's why he's at this law firm for the experience and this is a high class law firm right I don't remember what it's called I really don't remember what this law firm is called but in that show's world or whatever it's a very high class or Ivy League. Not using Ivy League cars just already. But Ivy League law firm. And yeah, so he's faked being he's faked um even though he has the knowledge, he just doesn't have the college degree, I guess, from Harvard or one of those elite schools to back up, you know. But he can memorize a lot of this, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff for cases, and Harvey, that's the dude who he's an intern for, basically, like, Harvey is taking him under his wing, and basically giving him the experience he needs to be a awesome lawyer, and that's basically what suit is, so as I do, I love to hear other people's opinions, so, we're going to the Quora.com uh, to get people's opinions. So basically, the question that has been put out there is, are Ivy League schools only for the rich? So this person here says, I really disagree with many of the answers that say no outright. Elite schools definitely favor the wealthy. While they are not only for the rich, Rich people have huge advantages in getting into Ivies and other such schools. They often have legacies, parents, and other family members who attended the school in question. This makes admissions much more likely to take admissions when they mean like administrations. Anyways, this makes admissions much more likely to take someone. They often make large donations, millions of dollars, to the school. This pretty much ensures their child will get in. They have powerful networks that they can leverage to help prepare their kids for the admission process. They have access to resources, essay help, top-tier counseling, consultants, SAT coaches, interviews, coaches, etc. They often come from target private schools. There's a reason that over a third of grads from schools like Andover and Lawrenceville end up at Ives. 
even after admissions are over and the student has gotten into the school, there are serious advantages for rich people. It's not uncommon to hear friends talking about buying private jets or sports teams, renting out huge nightclubs, and going to five-star restaurants. All of that can be really disheartening if you're not one of those people. A lot of social cohesion comes from shared experiences, and if you don't have those, it's easy to be left out of the group. Some people go out to bars and restaurants almost every night. It's really hard to do that if you're not rich. Also, it's tough to have the sort of experience that an elite college is known for if you're working non-stop to pay your bills. Ultimately, while these colleges are technically need-blind, the wealthy have some overwhelming advantages, both in terms of admissions and attendance. That person's statement really sums up most of it, or most points of it. Like, our society definitely does favor wealthy people. But then I also see a comment here from another person that um, has something to say. So, let's, let's read what their statement is. So, it says, in practice or in principle, question mark. I'll look at Harvard here, for simplicity. Cost of attendance at Harvard is not really an issue. If you're rich, you can afford the tuition. If you're not rich, the university will make sure you can afford it. In principle, Harvard is not for the rich. Then it leaves some kind of quote here that says, that's from Harvard, and it says, quote, We have a long tradition of removing economic barriers for students who want to attend Harvard. Announced in 2004, the Harvard Financial Aid in 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 Initiative, sorry, I'm thinking that was intuitive, but it's initiative, HFAI is a continuation of this tradition and greatly expands financial aid to families who earn less than $80,000. And if your family earns less than $65,000 per year, your parents pay nothing for you to attend Harvard. It is simply our effort to make sure you and your family know you can afford to attend Harvard. And then the person says, but in practice, Harvard is for the rich. And then it leaves a quote. I'm guessing from the Harvard Commission. So it says, quote, 45.6% of Harvard undergraduates come from families with income above 200000 placing them in the top 3.8% of American households. Even more shockingly, only about 4% of Harvard undergrads come from the bottom quantity. Not missing quantity quintile of U.S. incomes and a mere 17.8% come from the bottom three quintiles of U.S. incomes. Which is true. Certain universities are not saying order. Offer a um, initiative for people who are poor. So, yeah, but like, you have to be like really 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 smart or really 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 good at some kind of sport to attend to even like get into some place like harvard or like stanford or yale you know and that's really a bit unfair un not let me say 
why can't I talk? And that's really a bit unfair. Because for the poor people, if you're not astonishingly smart or intelligent or like very overly, you know, just very brilliant, there's not a really good chance of you getting um, into some Ivy League school like Harvard or Stanford. But if you do play some kind of sport and you're really, really, really good at it, then that does up your chances a little bit. Because for some reason, they favor, like, sports. Like, you doing sports, like, get you scholarships and stuff. And sports is not for everyone. <laughs> okay? So that's a bit of a disadvantage, especially if you're just really focused on just education. But then, the thing is, if you're not that smart, but you're rich, they'll, they're more likely to take you over the, over the person who's, like, absolutely brilliant and play sports. So, that's basically the truth of it all. Okay, so, let's look at this article from theguardian.com. So, the title of this article is called, The U.S. College Admissions Scam Toolkit, Bribes, Fake Profiles, and Plain quote-unquote, stupid. And, like, the cover picture is, like, uh, a picture of Lori Laughlin, which is Olivia Jade's mom, and then another lady who has no idea who it is. Oh, so it says, so, like, under the photo, there's, like, this little thing that says, actors, actors, Bell City Huffman left, and Lori Laughlin were charged with fraud and conspiracy. Whatever. Alright, so the article starts off with saying the years-long $25 million scheme to pump their child, their children of dozens of wealthy Americans into elite schools revealed on Tuesday alternated between the elaborate and the almost comically basic. Beginning in 2011, William Rick Singer, who the FBI has charged with racketeering, would variously photoshop the faces of non-athletic but wealthy students on the heads of actual athletes he found on the internet and have the director of a private college preparatory school stand in for other students in SAT tests. I want to stop right there and I want to say something. Uh, they're all, they're all like Sometimes there are people who are not really wealthy, but I guess they want more money. So they take the bribes and the money from these rich parents to um, get their child in school, whether it's like faking a grade or making someone else take their test, you know, so... Because I remember watching, like, this episode of a crime slash detective show, and this, so, like, the daughter of a, um, high-class judge was killed, and then they're investigating her murder, and they go to the school, and they find out that there was a teacher there that would basically take exams for students, and then they found out that the mom, who's the judge, the high-class judge, paid one of the teachers to take the exam for 
her child, even though I like her child, I already feel that like maybe three times already. But like, she like the daughter. So like how they figured it out was like the daughter went missing the day of the exam. So but it said that she took the exam, but it turns out that it was the teacher that was paid off by the mom to take the exam. The teacher's assistant, I think, not. You know, let's continue reading it. In one case, Singer told a parent that his daughter should, quote-unquote, be stupid when she was evaluated by a psychologist in order to get extra time in her exams and presented one boy as a, quote-unquote, an elite high school pole vaulter. The boys' school had no record or of him ever having pole vaulted or taken part in any track and field events. Singer pleaded guilty on Tuesday of charges included racketeering, money laundering, and obstruction of justice, but it is the parents named in the long-running scam who have attached more, who have attracted sorry, some of the attention. 33 parents, including Hollywood actors Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin, were charged with fraud after paying tens of thousands of dollars to get their children into some of the best schools in the country, including Yale, Stanford, Stanford and the University of Southern California. Uh, then, it con- then it just continues to like talk about Lori Laughlin and her husband, desi- and her husband, who's a designer named Massimo. Ginuali. So, yeah. Like, imagine paying, like, imagine your child not being qualified to go to a school, but you're paying so much money for them to go to potentially waste your money and them not even giving a shit about studying or, like, even passing college or maybe ending up dropping out. Imagine, just imagine that. Like, they got money to waste, I swear. But then there's this article that is from the Washington Washington Post. And it basically, the title is, Billionaires show that going to a top college isn't very important. So the post says, quote, For the kind of student who stresses over Ivy League college applications, Economists have some good news. Attending a quote-unquote elite institution probably won't have much impact on your future earnings. The best research on this subject comes from Stacy Dale and Alan Krieger, who have shown the after controlling for individual ability, the selectively selectivity of your alma master doesn't particularly matter. Their work, which has been widely publicized, has been somewhat misunderstood. At first glance, the data analyzed by Dale and Kruger shows a clear advantage to attending a top college like Yale or Williams between students with similar SAT scores or GPAs. The ones who end up at more selective institutions earn more after graduation on average but that's because SAT scores and GPAs give an incomplete picture of a student's potential. It's hard to measure things like grit, creativity, or intelligence that's literally off the charts. 
when elite applicants have indistinguishably sterling transcripts, top colleges have to use other information like teacher recommendations, personal essays, and participation in extracurricular activities. Knowing this, Dale and Kruger came at the data from a different angle. They looked at students who got into top colleges but didn't go. These students didn't seem to suffer by attending less selective schools. Apparently, an acceptance letter from Stanford was a good was good as attending Stanford. Let me just stop right there. Let me reread that one sentence. Apparently, an acceptance letter from Stanford was as good as attending Stanford. So it's there for the name, not necessarily the teachings. Is that what this is saying? So, like, because you were accepted, it means you're... Um, re- like, really, really look at that. Really listen to that and understand what it's saying. That's the thing. Like, I would say this concept is maybe similar to... For example, you buy a name brand clothes, but it's the same quality as a clothes that isn't a famous brand. It's clothes, it does the same thing, but you being able to buy the name brand clothes gets you more quote-unquote clout or social class or status than the one that's clearly the same material. It's, it's there for like the name, the brand. It's not necessarily what you get from the brand, it's the quality of, you know, if that makes some sense. That's the analogy I'm going with right here. Anyways, let's continue. Here's where it gets stranger. Upon further investigation, Dale and Kruger found that it didn't even matter much what schools students got into. Just knowing the kinds of schools that students applied to was sufficient to predict how much they would later earn, given their GPAs, SAT scores, and demographic data. From Dale and Kruger research, we might draw two conclusions. First, people who follow predictable paths and you can learn a lot from them just from a snapshot of their lives halfway through their senior year in high school. Second, it's not clear whether going to a fancy college actually makes much of a difference to your earning power, at least for white students, but we'll get into that covet in a bit. It's worth thinking about Dale and Kruger's work in light of recent research from Jonathan Y, a psychologist at Duke who studies high achievers. Y's work, published in the journal Intelligence, examines the educational backgrounds of elite in Americans. Y is particularly, it's either Y or Way, it's W-A-I, that's how it's pronounced. But it says Wei is particularly interested in people who attend top colleges and graduate programs and how they are represented in various rare field circles, rarefied circles. <coughs> For the purpose of his research, Wei defines quote unquote elite schools to be the ones with the highest average incoming SAT, LSAT, or GMAT scores. The full list includes 29 undergraduate institutions, 12 law schools, and 12 business schools. 
Its fairly wide swath of colleges from Caltech, Princeton, NDU, to Carleton, Johns Hopkins, and Cornell. This is some data from Warrior's 2014 paper. It's no surprise that people with degrees from fancy schools are overpresented in elite society. Among American billionaires, Fortune, Fortune 500 CEOs and federal judges, about two in five have a bachelor's, MBA, or a law degree from an elite school. But these gilded resumes aren't scattered envily across fields. Only a fifth of House members went to elite schools, for instance. While among the devotees, you would be in the minority if you didn't spend time in at a top college or a grad program. To put these numbers in perspective, here's some very rough math. Consider that this is the early 90s and about 1.2 million people received bachelor's degree a year. The number is closer to 1.9 million now. The elite undergraduate programs on Reyes list probably produce about 40,000 graduates a year, or about 3-4% to 4 of the annual supply of bachelor's degrees back in the day. The number is probably closer to 2% now. Now we've only looked at undergraduates. While Wei also includes people who went to elite law or business schools. But again, roughly speaking, it seems that graduates of top 30 colleges are 10 times more likely than graduates of other colleges to, to occupy elite positions in society. How you interpret this information says a lot about your views on how opportunity works in America. Why argues that these figures offer insight into the relative importance of intelligence in various careers. But I'm going to stop there. I probably just read that, and you probably literally picked up nothing from it. But here's my watered-down, elified version. <laughs> elified is like me. By or you know what? I'm going to stop. <laughs> so basically what I get from that is that they're saying... Just being a brand or like just going to a school or mentioning a school gives you a higher percent chance to be in higher class jobs or higher paying jobs. So basically because you go to Harvard, you're most likely to uh, get a high earning job than someone who is still as smart as you but went to not a not so common or Ivy or considered an Ivy League school if that makes any sort of sense. So basically the name of the school gives you an advantage when like you go to work in like the workforce or whatever. That's basically what I'm getting from reading this article so far. But I'm not going to read any more of it. Uh, again, it's from the Washington Post if you would like to go search it up. Okay, so uh, from the video I mentioned earlier by um, Amanda Mariana, which is titled, Why Are Rich People Obsessed With Getting Into Elite Colleges? I want to read some of the comments that she got on her video. 
So the first one is from, I'm not going to say their names, but let's start with this comment. It says, I recently got into Stanford University and found this video really interested. I am a low-income, first-gen transfer student and transferred from a community college. The transfer acceptance rate was 2%, so yes, getting in is extremely hard. And when you hear the stories of other students, you'll probably feel inadequate. However, regardless of that feeling applies. You know, I find it interesting that she says she transferred from a community college to Stanford, which I think Stanford would be classified as a quote-unquote Ivy League school or a quote-unquote elite school. That means she has to be somewhat really smart and has to have really good scores on her exams to be able to do that. But congratulations to this person. So this next person says, it sucks that college isn't even about academics anymore or ever was. I'm attending community college this year, although I did get accepted into a couple universities. I'm glad I'm doing this finan doing this financially financially and it'll be more easier for me. I'm hoping to get a scholarship this year so I can graduate debt free because it's not fair that education has a price tag. Well said. It's true though, the fact that education has a price tag and you need education to basically have a life because if you don't have education, you can't get a nice job. And if you don't have a nice job, you don't got money. And if you ain't got money, you can't do shit. If that makes sense. So, but I do like, I do find it. But what I really find interesting about this student is that it's like that, is that she says it sucks that college isn't even about academics anymore or ever was. Uh, from this, from this, uh. From Amanda's video, uh, what I got is she said a college is basically capitalist. Like that's basically schools. They earn these the shit ton of money from like students. They earn like a lot of money. You know, but uh, in the Caribbean, that's where I live, right? Uh, you would say I go to one of the schools that would be classified for like quote unquote like smart kids, right? But I did not go to, like, a private school. I went to a primary school, like, a regular, regular primary school. But my grades were really good. Uh, I would say my family is financially would be, like, average or a little bit above average. And can afford my school here or whatever. But that's not the part I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on the fact that you have people who are coming from private schools and people who are coming from just regular, regular, as public or primary schools. From regular, regular public schools, right? And I find that interesting that even, like, so my school, it has a uh, prep school too. And I find it a bit unfair and weird that, like, even if you don't pass for the school that, um, even though if you even if you didn't pass for the high school and you have low grades, you can still go to the high school if you went to the prep school. If that makes sense. All right. For example, let's pretend the school is called 
blue high school and then you have blue prep school which is like the kids ish version like the baby version of blue high school i feel like i'm not making any sense but as long as you attended blue prep school you can attend blue pre- blue high school even if you did not do well on your exams or even if your um average for your exams or scores does not match up to the uh average you need to get into the school if that makes sense so as if you go to the prep school all right for example the passing grade is like a 85 or a 90 and you get like a 75 or a 69 or something you can still go to that school even though you don't have the average as long because you went to the prep school for that high school if that makes sense i feel like i just that didn't make any sense at all for you but if it did you see what i'm saying so it's not that they that who goes it's not that who goes to prep school are necessarily smarter than who goes to a public school or like a or like who goes to a private school is like better than who goes to a primary school or whatever so let me just butcher that uh primary and prep private and public so another person in the comment says donating money to college is so weird to me which I get, because, like, imagine, because, all right, if your parents or whatever donates a lot or is, like, really involved in the school, that gives you an advantage over other students because the school will feel like, because they don't want to lose the support your parents have given, they will give you special treatment, if that makes sense. It does make sense. So that's why it, it doesn't even the playing field at all for everyone. It just messes it up. And then another person says, the middle class is also totally obsessed with this too. They just suck at actually getting in. I find that statement quite true, actually. Because, you know, like, they all, like, they all, like, it's all about the image. It's all about what people think of you. It's all about what you have. So, like, if you're, so, like, it, they get something to boast off of, you know, like, your parents, they get something to boast off of if you get into one of these Ivy League schools, even if you're not, like, totally rich, you know what I mean? It's all about the brand, the names, the just the that. It's never really about the actual quality of the school and the child's education. It's about how it looks. It's about the image. It's all about the image. That's what I think. And then under that comment, there's this comment, and it says, but there is a difference. High class do it to keep their status. Middle class do it to get better status. Middle class do what was middle class do what was a meaning of education in the first place. Quote to get a better life. Not quote. To get a better life through more I feel like I so butchered that. Let me just start over. So this person commented under the previous comment that I just read and said, But there is a difference. High class do it to keep their status. Middle class do it to get better status. Middle class do what was a meaning of education in the first place. To get a better life through more knowledge. And honestly, the middle class is really slowly becoming non-existent due to capitalism. 
So I understand why it is obsessed with it. Which is true. The middle class do it because they want to get better status. They want to be more insane. They want to make more connections or whatever. The rich do it to keep up their image, to keep their status, to like see, to be like, see, I'm perfect, and this and that. And then for the rest of the comments on our list comments, it's people debating whether or not uh, um, capitalism is making the middle class disappear or it's what created the middle class. Then there's this other comment that says, when that girl said she didn't really like school and just wanted the college experience and parties, that really broke me. I know so many people who love learning and would kill to go to a school that's really good for their subject area. I'm not even talking of talking Ivy League or Oxbridge. It's so much wasted potential for these rich kids to go to these institutions, being taught by literal masters at the subjects just to be guaranteed a job, regardless of how they perform. They're just treating it as a vacation between adolescence and adulthood instead of education. I totally agree with this person. This person has a really good point. Like, it's just wasting people's potential. Like, it's just... It honestly is wasting potential. Because, like, they already have a guaranteed stance in society, a guaranteed job and everything, especially if their parents own a company. And it's taken away from those who actually have some... That actually have something to be... Like, they want to gain things. Like, they actually can gain things. Or they need to gain, you know? Like, they actually need that knowledge and that experience from those teachers. Like, they actually need it instead of, like, these rich people who just want it as, like, to put up an image. Like, that's literally what I'm getting from this, is that they do it because of image. Either, like, you you remember when uh, earlier on in this episode I talked about the, um, the, the two different sides of the spectrum, whether it's because they're doing it to keep up with image or and they like or like they just go because like they can and they don't really work hard for it and they just get it like that did you remember when i said that's what that's the vibe from it that's honestly what it is it's all about the image and just because you're rich you can have it you get it that's basically what it is then there's this next comment that says i went to trinity for high school on scholarship and let me tell you, most of Gossip Girl is accurate to the point of absurdity. Lol. And I want to read some of the comments under this. Because, uh, honestly, it's just a playground for teens to show off how rich or how much family they make. For most of it. For most of them. Like, that's what I feel like it's for. Like, the private school. For them to basically, um, maybe find connections. Because, like, like... I feel like, um, here's another thing that came up too. So like, you send your kid to this rich private school or whatever that has other people that are high up in the society. And then your kid makes friends with someone's kids who's also high up in the society. That's a connection made. That's a connection made. So them like joining forces with other rich people, that's those are connections, you know? So... Those are connections, bro. And then it's like a playground where they go and they show off what they have and what they d- 
and what they have and what they want and what all of that it's not necessarily and it's not even like them competing sometimes it's not even them competing academically it's just them com- competing in materialism so oh i was going to read the comments under that comment but they basically just like spilled the tea <laughs> there's this comment that says honestly i feel like uh rich kids go just go to these top universities so they can have their name associated with them I'm saying, like seriously, that's literally what it is. And then another person says, the thing my mom always said, she went to Harvard in the 90s, full ride, is that the difference between Ivy League and other colleges isn't the education, it's the other people around you. It's the people around you, so. Which makes sense. Because, like, you have some really smart kids it's just that they can't afford to or they don't have the connections or the resources to go to these top schools to get a better education you know and then some of the people who can't afford it they're wasting it then this person is just like a normal student has solo grades awesome extracurriculars and a near perfect essay harvard I'm sorry, we can't accept you. A rich kid. Daddy donated money. Has a building in your name. Harvard. Welcome to Harvard. <laughs> I swear. This is like the last comment I'll be reading from this YouTube video, but it's pretty long. And it says, To be honest, as a low-income Ivy League student, I've turned a blind eye on this issue. I recognize the ways in which these elite private institutions really pamper their low-income students. I mean, how many undergrads can say they get paid to go to school? I've had a wonderful time in school. Unfortunately, one of the biggest barriers isn't that the kid, is that kids don't even realize how extensive the financial aid at some expensive school is, and so they don't even bother applying. Much of the problem is that these kids aren't applying because no one is encouraging them to. Going to a private school can be cheaper than going to a public school for lower-income students some of the time. Obviously, this is a message that applies only to high-performing, low-income students, so there, is a m- so there is much work to do in aiding low-income students reach that mark. But never forget that it is possible. I'm more than certain that I received a leg up as a low-income student as it was taken into consideration when looking at my stats. However, I would say I also stood out because I am black. There is a catch, though. I am black, the child of African immigrants. This is the same case of something like 60% of the black Ivy League students. So the affirmative action we think is benefiting African Americans is primarily benefit African immigrants. I would like to see this acknowledged more because many people don't realize there is a difference between the history and therefore prospects of different black groups. I say this as someone whose work, study, job is inside admissions office. Oh, I also want to add this. So this person responded to what I just read and said, College isn't for everyone. We shouldn't act like it is the right direction for everyone. However, because the lack of emphasis on other areas of development, 
it has become the accepted route for social mobility. The reason why so many kids get into trouble is because they do not have an interest, whether it be sports, music, etc., to keep them occupied and off the streets. As far as I can tell, the public school system teaches children that if they don't perform well on exams, they're helpless. They're a helpless cause. I think there is so much work to be done in aiding children to find their passion. And that statement is really true. It's true. Because not everyone is, everybody learns differently, everybody have different passions, and everybody have different interests. Sometimes the information you learn in school is not really fun, or doesn't interest a lot of people. Therefore, there, and I can attest to this, sometimes when like a topic or whatever I'm learning isn't interesting, it's, it's just harder for me to retain the information, and I don't really like to, you know, study or whatever because it doesn't interest me and then I'm going to do something else because it's not interesting so that's why I feel like they should like change how they um, allow students to like I feel like they should allow students to pick the subject that they want and I feel like they should add more variety of subjects because there are a lot of things there's a lot of jobs you can do. And because some of them aren't the um, white-collar jobs or the perfect white picket fence-looking jobs, they're pushed to the side and then people kind of shun them or be like, oh, you're this? <laughs> awful. But you could be earning a lot of money for being what they consider awful, you know? It's just because it isn't pushed like the other mainstream jobs. Which I think is a problem. There should be more variety in schools. And they shouldn't push children or like degrade children for not liking a specific subject or not doing well in a specific subject because they don't like it. I'm not sure if I covered everything for my uh, point. I don't know if my point has been put across based on what I'm titling this episode. But I feel like I got some thoughts off of this. It may not be all the thoughts I have on this subject, but I really did get some thoughts off of this. Anyways, I'll see you guys in another episode. And I'd love to hear comments. I really, really need to start uploading my episodes on YouTube. As well as, because I have a website for my podcast where you guys can like comment your opinions. I really need to update that because I feel like I haven't updated for like five for like the past five episodes so i need to do that and then maybe try and like figure out how to edit the videos to put up on youtube for the podcast anyways have a wonderful day bye oh and also think about this topic we need to change how society views this on it there's a lot of things society changes and that's what i tend to talk about on here a lot but You should follow this podcast or subscribe to this podcast. Yeah. Goodbye.